Viewers, Callum, countrymen, friends, Callum, all right? Secret Service agents watching right now, did you know that there is a new James Bond book? Oh. Yeah, actually, I think I saw Leo's tweet. Yes. I saw a quote out of it. I won't spoil. I mean, for, honestly, for the sake of this video, you should have just said no. Oh. So you ruined it a little bit, so thanks for that, I'm Callum. So, this, is why, this is why it was friends and then Callum. <laughs> no, no, I love you. Don't worry. But um, yeah, there's a new James Bond book out, and it came out around the time of the King's Coronation back in May, and nobody seemed to notice. Nobody seemed to care, because why would I care? Oh, I thought it was brand new. No, I thought it was brand new as well until I looked into this segment and then found out that through the research, no, it's been out for three months, four months almost at this point. So, um, congrats, surprise, guys. Um, I guess this wasn't much of a bestseller. This didn't, <laughs> didn't make the rounds among anybody until all of a sudden people started to share some out-of-context excerpts of the writing on it, and all of a sudden everybody noticed, hold up, this doesn't seem like the James Bond that I'm most familiar with. Now, who is it, historically, who have been James Bond's greatest foes? Is it A, Russians, B, honestly, just more Russians, C, men with strange gimmicks, who are the, side, uh, who are the main henchmen of Russians, or British nationalists? I think it's the British nationalists who have always tried to destroy Britain. Ah, it? so I see you have read the latest yeah. book in that case. Because if you it's had... pounds. Yes, if you had, that that would be the only impression that you get. Because honestly, this is quite something. And I'll, I'll go through the information so that we can all know. So it was uh, commissioned by Ian Fleming Publications in the celebration of King Charles's coronation. Because what King Charles wanted was a woke James Bond that he could read while sat on the throne. Because I wouldn't put it past him if that's to be perfectly honest. So Ian Fleming Publications commissioned young Bond series author Charlie Higson to write a new James Bond adventure to celebrate the coronation of King Charles. Now, I actually read the young, jo uh, the young James Bond series when I was a kid by Charlie Higson. There were a few of the books. I can't remember the name of any of them. They were like, did you, what was it? Alex Skyrider, whatever his name is. There was a load of, around the mid-2000s, there was a load of derivative young James Bond-esque Heroes all come out at the same time. Do you know about any of these? I just remember Johnny English. That, well, he wasn't a young no. James Bond. He was like that's the only like spinoff. He, he was nonsense. Mr. Bean James Bond. Yeah, and it was pretty funny. It was well, it, it was it was okay. First one was all right. The second one was. I didn't see the second one. It's, it's only funny once. Oh, okay. <laughs> like many comedies. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I read some of the young uh, young Bond books as a kid. And even as a kid, I got the feeling that this is kind of not great. There was a lot of weird side plots and tangents going on with James Bond fighting clones of himself, and then he comes back to Eton to find that a clone of himself had actually taken over the school. Lots of really kind of strange plot points. But, you know, it's James Bond. Not James Bond. James Bond. James Bond always does wacky adventures that end up going sillier than you expect them to until you hit Daniel Craig and some of the more serious ones back in the 80s. But this, this is very silly indeed. So in the new story, On His Majesty's Secret Service, because get it, because there was an old one called On Her Majesty's Secret Service, so now it's His Majesty's Secret Service, eh, eh, brings Bond into the present day. That's never a good sign. That's never a good sign with any of these books, any of these reboots of series. We're going to do a present-day take on a classic character. Oh, no. So there used to be something I look forward to hearing. 
Because I actually really enjoyed that mini period of especially first-person shooters that mm. were obsessed with modern-day settings because I really liked checking out the modern-day technology and how it interacts with the world and, and blah, blah, blah. But when I hear that about James Bond, I'm not imagining it's going to be James Bond using modern spy technology or something. It's going to be something else, isn't it? Yeah, it is something else. So it is May 4th, two days before the coronation of King Charles III. Bond is set in the last minute to thwart an attempt to disrupt the coronation by the wealthy, eccentric, and self-styled Ethelston of Wessex. Okay. Is he trying to take the throne for himself? Uh, kind of, I think. Who is on a deadly mission of his own to teach the United Kingdom a lesson? What's the lesson? Is it needed? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let's That's honestly on. my response to this point <laughs> to these kind of claims. Bond must dismantle his shady plans and defeat his privately hired team of mercenaries. So, so far, apart from the... Yevgeny Prigozhin has turned up. Is that who this is meant to be? Uh, uh, it sounds like it. Yeah, a little bit. James Bond's orchestrating some shady plane crashes in the background, clearly. Um, on His Majesty's Secret Service will be published May 4th, so it has been out for a little over four months at this point. Ahead of the coronation on May 6th and 60 years after the publication of Ian Fleming's 10th novel on Her Majesty's Secret Service in 1963. All royalties, the book going to the National Literary, uh, Literacy Trust and charities and etc, etc. All for good causes. But did you notice something? So it was commissioned in February of this year and released in early May of this year, which means less than three months overall to write an entire full-size James Bond novel. That's pretty tight. That is pretty tight. I have a bad feeling that even if there wasn't a lot of political nonsense tied up in this book, that it wouldn't have turned out great either way. Uh, Higson himself said that when Ian Fleming Publications came to me with the idea of writing an adult Bond story a little more than a month ago, I was thrilled until I realized I had three months to do it. Getting it written and turned around in such a short space of time was going to be tense and heart-pounding, just as any James Bond mission is. Although, of course, no one would actually be shooting at me. With this level of wit and wisdom in the interviews, we can expect an absolute barn burner of a book. Am it's I like right? It's a crappy radio interview, isn't it? It really like, is. No, it's actually shooting at me. Anyway, next up, Barbie World. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you want from a barn story is in there. Sex, violence, cars, a colourful villain with nasty henchmen, anti-English nationalism. Wait, no, he doesn't say that. But of course, Bond himself, so well-known and yet so unknowable. Yeah, there's that rubbish radio interview kind of attitude in there as well. I've got to throw in a few weird little cheeky winks and nods at the audience so that they know that I'm cool. I'm a cool author. Remember when I wrote those young Bond books almost 20 years ago? No. Well, I did. It's like a fake persona you put on to impress someone at a bus stop. It's, it's, it's just bit, weird. Yeah, it's just a bit cringe. But if you'd like to know more about Ethelstan himself, well, then you can go to our premium epochs videos where Bo and Carl actually spoke about Ethelstan. And I'm sure it's a very, very interesting conversation. Premium content, £5 a month. You know the deal. Don't be stingy. Moving on. Here's a nice synopsis of the book that Kunle Drukpa... Ah, I always get... I'm sorry. Kunle sorry, Drukpa. is there a way to actually say this name? Because I've never... Uh, Kunle Drukpa, I think it is, but there's a lot of... What's Drukpa written? So, this isn't what he's written. It's the synopsis of the book, so we can get a little bit of extra detail so that we can know how perfect this story is going to be. New James Bond story, blah, blah. Begins with M. No, spoilers, spoilers, I suppose. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. In case anyone was dying to pay for this. I don't think anybody except for Charlie Higson knew that this book, book came out, the Ian Fleming <laughs> publications. They probably commissioned it and then forgot. Where's all this money gone for this month? Oh, we published that new Bond book. Oh, we did? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, that, uh, I'm keeping up my desk. Yeah, it didn't work well. Begins with M giving voice to what we're all anxiously thinking. This coronation is a chance to advocate, uh, advertise UK PLC to the world, Bond. Show the doubters who've written us off that we're open for business. Present this country as a safe pair of hands. So immediately there, we've just got the UK... Conservative Party political talk. And also literally the UK as a economic zone. Yeah, them. That's how they speak yeah. about it. So Bond's first mission on His Majesty's Secret Service, and I'm going to open the tweet on my screen that I have down here because there is a camera blocking my vision. So apologies if I'm looking down here. His uh, first mission is to wipe out Ankin... Oh, God, there's cringe humor in this synopsis as well. No, it's to bring down a supervillain plotting to do something worse to the king on 6 May than put itching power in his... Who wrote this? As well as sponsoring a series of outrages across London that will make the... Sorry, US this is the book. This isn't, again, the, the cringe advertisement in the radio. I think this might be a cringe advertisement from an article, but it's still a synopsis of the work and what right, okay. Cunley put out there. So... Sponsoring a series of outrages across London that will, and I quote, this is an actual quote that they've got here, make the US Capitol riot look like Aunt Fanny's tea party. So they're going to put, have an insurrection of the coronation. The villain in question is the self-styled Ethelstan of Wessex, who claims direct descent from Alfred the Great based and thinks he has more of a right to the English throne than King Charles the Woke. You were right, you were right, he is after the throne that shill for all the foreign elites who have kept the true Englishman downtrodden since the Norman Conquest. So James Bond is the bad guy in this story <laughs> is what I'm getting so far. So hang on, the, the, real, the world is run by a bunch of globalists who see the country as a mere economic zone. Uh, the woke king is about to be coronated, so they and this descendant of the true king. The, the true English king who was here before the Normans. We're meant to root for the secret was, intelligence service and the foreign to, invader to, to suppress the rightful claimant to the Okay. Yep. Uh, 007 thus goes undercover at a remote Hungarian castle. Of course, we've got to get Hungary in there somewhere. You know where it's going. It's, it's, it's where the based king is hiding with Viktor Orban. <laughs> yeah, he's been hiding him this whole time. Oh, it literally is where the cabal of failed right-wing politicians defected aristocrats. And oh, populist rabble-rousers from EDL-style organizations. Oh my god, they've got <laughs> anti-rape gang activists. These yeah. are the bad guys. Uh, are meeting to receive their orders from Ethelstan. Once upon a time, Ian Fleming's Bond, who used to go on about how tea drinkers were responsible for losing control of the British Empire, also very based, might have been yeah. tempted to join them. But this is a modern Bond, who eats kimchi for the good of his gut and looks down on knee-jerk nationalism. Oh, boy. Okay, this is kind of winning me around now. This is almost a parody of the modern world. Like This guy was like, how do I take the piss out of what's going on? But what if I frame this and help people in the top actually believe, which is that, well... James Bond's now basically a villain, but they think he's a hero because of their warped version of events. Do you get what I mean? No, I do get what you mean, but the problem is that that's not how the author is seeing it at all. But that wasn't how it was intended. But we can twist this around Barbie style into a subversive reading of the book where Ethelstan Ethelstan <laughs> is the secret hero of the story who is subverted by an agent of the security state whilst only trying to do what is right for his people and reclaim their heritage, back going even before the Norman Conquest. I think we could do... The, we might need to do a book club on this now. 
Here's an excerpt from the book where Bond is talking about the Ethelstan of Wessex playing up the threat of the Great Replacement. Oh my lord. She swapped the anarchists for the fascists, getting into white supremacy, nationalism, and the Great Replacement. Bond had always thought the far right was closer to the far left than it was to the centre, so we've got enlightened, <laughs> enlightened centrist James Bond. Hang on, so James Bond joins MI5 <laughs> to spite the far right and then realises that the centrists of the country believe in the same things for some reason, we don't know why. He disliked anybody and any movement that was too far in any direction. And if that made him bourgeois, then it made him dull and mainstream, then so be it. I'm imagining James Bond traveling around with a little beanie on his head the whole time. Well, it's not even that. He's more like that guy who's been growing up and has been told that everything is currently fine. So then anyone who's trying to change things, they're a bit crazy, aren't they? Yeah. It's like, no, maybe your country is actually the one run by lunatics. And are are you ready for... um, Ethelstan's nefarious plottings with Victor Orban. Don't ask what this person who posted this says. I've no idea. I can't read whatever language that is in. Can you? I know you're a bit of a multilinguist these days. Okay, it kind of looks a bit like Serbian, but I can't tell the difference. I, I think it might be Hungarian, in which case not even God can decipher that. No, absolutely. That's one, it's one of the most difficult languages in the world to learn, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... Neither Nazi Germany nor Soviet Russia had been welcome in Hungary, though. They were two sides of the same dirty, debased coin. After the Hungarians had kicked out their Soviet overlords, the statue was changed to an all-purpose personification of liberty. America! And now it's celebrated... Oh, well, this is sincere. Like, you know, the Hungarians are the good guys in the 20th century of uh, being oppressed by both of them. I know, but it's making it all sound. It's making it all sound far too vulgar and American for my tastes. Okay, no, but I mean the the, the Hungarians. I mean they were crushed by the Soviets multiple times. Well, yeah, but I don't really know their relations with the Nazis. That I I think kind of they're a bit too cozy with them to claim that they were oppressed by them. They're not like uh, Serbs. Oh well, it was almost a hundred years ago now. Anyway, hold on, that conversation. Yeah, yeah, who cares? Which is why Bond felt a deep sense of gloom that this beautiful, civilized, orderly country had been dragged back towards the far right by Viktor Orban using a crude but effective nationalist playbook. Imagine how much more beautiful, civilized, and orderly it would be if you could teach your children to do things, like to, to, to go through surgeries in schools. The idea that Viktor Orban represents like Nazi-allied Hungary. Like, what is wrong with you? No. Like he's, he's just a conservative. Have they gone to say that he's using anti-Semitic conspiracy theories? I see the such ADL as, cons- <laughs> like, uh, consulted on this book. No, it, it, like, it is comical. He, so Victor Robert over here, he uses anti-Semitic conspiracy theories such as make Hungary great again. And he'd aligned himself with the likes of Trump, Le Pen, and Putin. All variations of Hitler, as we know. And just like them, was using paper-thin na- uh, patriotism to mask rampant self-interest. The self-interest of not wanting your country to become a desolate hellscape. And you know what they do in Hungary? They build a big fence and kick out the foreigners who have invaded illegally. Do you know who else did the exact same thing? Wait, no, he didn't actually. No, he kind of broke the fence and invaded. Yeah, he, the mustache he, went, man. he went into other areas and, yeah. and said, these are mine now. Just like Victor Orban. <laughs> James Bond is here to save the day. Do you know what else Victor Orban and Ethelstan might want to do? They might want to bring back the gold standard. And Amer- I mean, the king can't be having that. No way, Jose. You don't want the petrodollar? Is that in the book or not? I can't tell if you're joking. It probably is somewhere. You don't want the petrodollar? Too bad. 007, here to save the day. 
Here's, uh, oh, yeah, here's another quote that um, Leo put out there uh, where apparently James Bond is talking about Burkitt, a member of this far-right extremist group working for Ethelstan, who is an ex-Tory MP famous for promoting particular conspiracy theories which has spilled over into anti-immigrant, anti-EU, anti-BBC, anti-mainstream media, anti-cultural Marxist, climate change denial pronouncement. So it's literally Andrew Bridgen. They are literally turning Andrew Bridgen into a villain in a Bond novel. But accidentally, he's the good guy. But accidentally, he's our guy. He set up the new Freedom Party. Well, we do kind of need it. Uh, <laughs> Once again... Again, I can't maybe, tell if this book is a joke or not. I don't think it is. These people just don't understand that they look like the bad guys in these situations where they write all of this stuff out. He finishes a page, looks over it and goes, Am I the baddie? No, it's the nationalists who are wrong. They're the ones who really hate Britain. Yeah. Anyway, come in, Ahmed, and all of your other family members straight off the boat. Come on, you can take up space in my living... Uh, not my living room. Someone else's living room. Someone else's street corner. Someone else's... Maybe Burkett's living room. Yeah, Burkett's living room. There you go. And uh, I was showing... Because Charlie put together some of the some of the links on this, and he'd found this review from a website called Licensed to Queer. This is a real website, apparently, uh, where they were doing a review of On His Majesty's Secret Service. And I thought I'd just take some cheery little excerpts from this review as well. There's a lot to be said for not overthinking things and getting on with it. In an interview with the Times just days before the book's publication, Higson himself expressed a preference for a less introspective bond. Ironically, then, Higson provides us with some of the best inward-looking passages in any Bond book. Upon meeting a hired killer who he takes an, who, uh, to whom he takes an instant dislike, Bond reflects, was there an element of self-loathing in his distaste? Were they actually the same? Oh my god. Oh my god, James Bond sees man who's hired to kill people and thinks, I also hired for, kill pee -pee. for, <laughs> for killing people. He kills peepees, does he? <laughs> But well, he's, he's pro trans, so well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm also hired to kill people. You and I are the same. It's literally the villain speech at the end of like the big action hero movie where they go, "You and I are not too different, Mister Bond. How many people you kill just to get to me today, huh?" Except this time, instead of just shooting him in the face, James Bond has a nervous breakdown and an existential crisis, saying, "Oh my God, maybe I am the bad guy." Well, in the scenario put forward. Yes, you are, Mr. Bond. Also like Fleming, Higson has a knack for concise imagery, finding, not, uh, finding the mot juiced to convey a lot in the shortest possible space. No doubt his deadline played a role here. His young Bond books, ironically, use far more words to convey, uh, uh, to convey character and setting. Here, he is much more direct, and some of the observations have the perfect precision of the comedian. Are you ready for this, Callum? Are you ready? Just like... Up to your riding. Hold your sides in, because they might burst if you're not careful. A ridiculously hench henchman has a six-pack ridged like a Toblerone. No, nothing. Doing a good job. I know that would have normally got you. Haha. -ha. After arriving at a key location, Bond is delighted to find that the city's relatively low-rise sc low skyline is not blighted by dick-waving skyscrapers. This is the most terrible example of Millennial Gen X, if I just add a swear word in, makes it funny, haha, -ha, I'm making pee-pee jokes. 
laugh. George Carlin was a mistake. Absolutely. And then... <laughs> sorry, I'm a bit... What? what? Appar- no, no, according no. He to had three months and he's an idiot. All right, ac- according to this reviewer, that's an example of the most intelligent wit that you could ever experience. But then, I just want to finish on this, which is that... Um, yeah, people started spreading screenshots of this, and there was a guy who went under the p- profile name of uh, Ed West, who had a big thread, just didn't, not, didn't even say anything about the book, and just said, here's a screenshot of an excerpt from the book, here's another screenshot of an excerpt from the book. A big thread, which I originally had screenshots of, but well, sorry, links to, but he's deleted it since, because he felt bad. Because literally just... Ryan's that bad. Yeah, just sharing screenshots of the book was actually damaging this guy's reputation. And, uh, and somebody says, uh, okay, the new Blonde novel took a swerve. The original post that Ed West, I've deleted that Bond thread now because I felt bad for him. I don't have the killer instinct. Higson's obviously a nice chap and has done far more for the national gaiety than I have. And then Charlie Higson himself <laughs> comes out of nowhere and says, well, that's decent of you, Ed. Oh, thank you for deleting my own work. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to start posting excerpts from How to Pull Birds, The Science of Seduction, but I won't bother now. I do feel that the damage has been done with your original post. You knew what you were doing. So literally, you posting excerpts of my own writing has damaged my reputation. I really hope no one published it in hundreds of thousands of copies. I know. Well, don't worry, they've gone unsold anyway. No one's actually read it except for the excerpts that we've seen on Twitter because otherwise... That we just read. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise this man's (laughs) reputation would be absolutely down the toilet instead of just mildly damaged. So this just led to uh, Kunli Drupper with, you know, posting screenshots of passages from my book with minimal added commentary has damaged my reputation, claims new James Bond book author as he lashes out at critics. And, I mean, there's not really much else that you can say about this, which is a new James Bond book came out Nobody cared, and then all of a sudden people started reading it, and then it was terrible. 2023, folks. If you appreciated that episode of the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the site, such as the Symposium series, this one on Schopenhauer and suffering. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow it on Getter at lotuseaters underscore com on Getter. Thank you, and goodbye.